Morning, everyone. It's about time to begin our morning worship. It's good to see everybody here. If you're visiting with us, we appreciate it and hope you come back again at 6 o'clock this evening for our evening service. Just a couple of things that we want to go over this morning. Remember Chris and his family at the passing of his stepdad. Remember Hilda and her family at the passing of her brother, Carol. And remember Wanda at the passing of her uncle, Wayne Sowards. Also, we're, we're had good news this week, Hank, cancer-free for a year and a half now. I know that's good news. I know when Mary was cancer-free for a year and a half, it was good news, so I'm sure it's good news also. But anyway, it's good to have that this morning. On the COVID situation, we have a couple that have COVID in the, our group, and they're home, quarantined, family members, and nobody's going around them, so keep everybody... If you want to wear a mask, we have the mask. We have the hand sanitizer. We can do your temperature, whatever. If you want to set rows apart, we have the room to do that. But uh, just uh, Holly's at home and Thomas Trevathan are home, and they've been separated, and right now everything is going as good as it can be. I'd like to read... uh, Matthew 6, verses 19, 20, 21, before we begin. The bad part is I have to pick this up to see it. Hopefully two weeks today that problem will be fixed. Do not lay up yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Would you bow with me, please? Father, we're thankful for this beautiful day of life you've given us for the rain for your son who came and died for us. We're thankful for the opportunity that we have at this time to meet and worship to you. We pray, Father, that the things we do in this service will be pleasing unto you in accordance with your will. We ask your blessings on those families that have lost loved ones. Give them strength and courage as they move on. We pray for our sick that's got COVID and pray you bless them and that they will soon be through this. We pray for our country as it fights the COVID pandemic. Pray, Father, that you continue to bless our people that are working on this, that they can continue to find better ways to to help win this fight. Bless Chris this day, Father, as he presents us with a lesson. We ask that you forgive us of our sins. Go with us through this service. In thy son's name we pray, and amen. Would you stand for the first song, please? First hymn this morning. 
there's a gray Nissan Park Sentra parked, I guess, over here on this side. It's still running. Anybody driving that car? Anyone's driving that car? Well, you might want to check that out. <laughs> I've done that before. <laughs> Left all the keys inside, my wife's purse, and the whole thing. <clears throat> all right. 388. 388. Let every heart rejoice and sing. Let every heart rejoice and sing. Let all Next hymn this morning, number 399, Let the Lord be praised, O Zion. After this hymn, Brother Rick Keister will have our scripture reading and prayer. Let the Lord be praised, O Zion. Magnify his holy name. Him Prince of peace, forget victory. 
The reading from, for the lesson this morning is Galatians 5.14. 5.14. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word, in the statement, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, we thank you so much for the ability to come here this morning and worship you, to assemble, to draw strength from one another, to sing songs of praises to you, to address you in prayer as we do now, to learn more about your word, and, Father, to participate in the remembrance of the loving sacrifice that you and your Son made on our behalf. We pray, Father, that all that we do here this morning will glorify you, will be in accordance with what you expect us to do, on these occasions, and that each of us will have participated in a way that we may leave here in a better state or condition than when we came. We pray, Father, that we will be uplifted by what we do here this morning and that we will glorify you. In just a few moments, Father, we will partake of that commemorative feast that your son established in the upper room with the uh, apostles. We pray, Father, that each of us will focus our minds on that and that alone, the sacrifice of your son. We read and know of what he has done for us in leaving the heavenly estate and coming to this earth in fleshly form to undergo all that man undergoes in the way of suffering and temptation. Yet his suffering is a model for us as we undergo what we do on a daily basis and which also pales by comparison. We know, Father, that he was misunderstood, that he was mistreated, that he was abused verbally and physically. We know that he was beaten and we know that he was ultimately hung on the cross to die for our sins. But what occurred after is what gives us hope. He rose from the dead. He was witnessed to have done so by numerous individuals. He ascended back to heaven and is awaiting there for us one day 
if we have been found faithful. We pray, Father, that as we live our lives here on this earth, that, that we will strike an appropriate balance between taking care of, of living as a human being and as a responsible individual here, but also in doing everything that we can to assure ourselves of that home with you in heaven after this life. Father, we pray that we will desire, that we will thirst for your word, that we will do what we can to immerse ourselves in your word so that we will be able to know you better and to be able to serve you better as a result. We pray, Father, that we will let that knowledge affect and influence our actions in this life. And in the passage that we just read, love our neighbors as ourselves. We need to practice what your word teaches us as far as not only that, but everything else that we read in your word. We pray, Father, that we will do all that we can to incorporate your word into our lives and live as you would have us live so that we can have that reward one day. Bless this congregation, Father. Bless the efforts here to spread your word in this community and other places. Bless us as we attempt to stay firm within your word and in your guidelines and, and, and root out um, attempts that would, um, that would encourage us to stray from what you have provided us in your will. Pray that you would be with Chris. He speaks to us this morning. Pray with, that you be with us as listeners, that we will gain the most from what he has to say, that we will test those words and make sure that they come from your word and then, having found such, incorporate those into our lives. Be with us as we continue in our worship. We ask all of this in your son's dear name. Next hymn this morning, number 299, 299, I Stand Amazed. I stand amazed in the presence of Jesus, the Nazarene, and wonder how he could love thee, Yeah. 
This time we remember, we remember God's grace and love that was extended to us through his son, Jesus Christ. He knew that we needed a savior. He knew that we were sinful. And as Paul puts it in Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And later in Romans chapter 6 and verse 23, for the wages of sin is death. God knew that we needed saved. He also knew that we are distracted people that we forget. And as Jesus instituted the Lord's Supper prior to his death, he instructed us to take it each first day of the week so that we could have that weekly reminder of Jesus' um, saving grace and, and God's love for us. And if you want to follow along with me, I'll be reading from John Chapter 10, John 10, beginning with verse 14, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice, and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down on my, of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I received from my father. So just as sheep need a shepherd, we need a savior. And God sent his only son, Jesus Christ, to, to be our savior, to die on that cross for each of our sins. 
and he didn't. Uh, he did it on his own accord. Nobody took his life from him. He did it uh, himself because he loves us that much. He knew that we needed help, and and Jesus was our Savior. Um, this time, let's go to God in prayer and thank Him for the bread. Father in heaven, we come to you at this time, Lord, just thanking you for the opportunity to to remember, Lord. We thank you for the gift of memory, and we thank you that we can remember at this time, Lord, the sacrifice that your son Jesus made for each of us on that cross, knowing that we could not save ourselves, that, that we're sinful people, Father, and we thank you that you loved us so much that you saw fit to send Jesus here and that Jesus was willing to go to the cross to to give up his life so that we can have forgiveness and, and have that hope of eternal life and, and be um, brought back into a relationship with you, Father. We thank you for that. We ask your blessings at this time on the bread, Father, which represents Jesus' body on the cross, and just pray that you would be with each of us as we partake of it. It's through Jesus Christ we do pray. Amen. Reading from 1 John, beginning uh, chapter 1, beginning with verse 7. It says, But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his Son, purifies us from all sin. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just, and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. We claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar, and his word has no place in our lives. Let's pray for the fruit of the vine. Dear God, we approach you once again, Father, thanking you for the opportunity to, to remember, Lord, your son Jesus' death on that cross. Father, we this time are so thankful for the, the blood that was shed that covers over our sins, Father, knowing that each of us need that forgiveness of sins and realizing that we do fall short and, and we cannot save ourselves, Lord. We thank you for loving us. Thank you for Jesus. We thank you for the, the events of the cross, Father. And at this time, we ask your blessings upon the fruit of the vine, which represents Jesus' blood. We just pray that each of us take it in a worthy manner. It's through Jesus Christ we do pray. Amen. concludes the Lord's Supper. We now have the opportunity to, to take up an offering and, and give back as we've been blessed and prospered and 
We could see just in the events of the last couple weeks um, just how blessed we are with, you know, the flooding in Waverly, Tennessee and the, the hurricane and just so many things going on in our world. We are truly blessed people. We've been given so much and um, just pray that each of us will, will give back in a, in a worthy and cheerful manner. Let's pray at this time. Dear God, we approach you at this time, Father, just thanking you for all that you've given us, Father. You've blessed us with so much, and we are truly blessed people, Lord, with so much. Um, we just pray, God, that each of us will, will look internally and, and give back to you in a cheerful manner as, as you would have us to do. And just pray, Father, that you will bless the uh, funds that are collected this morning and pray you would be with the elders as they dis, uh, determine how to best distribute those funds and they can be used in a, a manner that pleases you, that brings glory to you, Father, that reaches people and teaches them about you, Father. We just thank you again for all that you've given us. We thank you for the church here at Rome and, and just all that, um, that you've blessed us with, Father. And most of all, we thank you for your son, Jesus. And it's through Jesus we do pray. Amen. Let's all please stand. We'll sing hymn number 400, Living by Faith. So at this time, the young children may go to the children's Bible hour. <clears throat> I care not today what the Bible may bring, if shadows and shadow The Lord I know Oh, uh-huh. 
Please be seated. Invitation hymn be number 50. Number 50, are you washed in the blood this time of the Christian? Okay. <laughs> it's time to start. All right. Uh, be turning to Galatians. Galatians chapter 5. <clears throat> we, are, we have been in the middle of a series uh, that today we're wrapping up called the One Another Series. Throughout Scripture, you'll find a lot of verses that talk about how we should treat each other, how we should interact with one another. Uh, and a lot of those verses teach the same concepts. And so we've been talking about this for, I think, the last four weeks or so. Uh, today we're going to wrap it up with Galatians chapter 6, verse 2. But we've got to do some background work. Uh, we're going to start in Galatians 5. Let me start, actually, back in the Gospels. If you remember several weeks ago, maybe a couple months ago now, as we were wrapping up the series in Mark, um, a man comes to Jesus, a scribe, in fact, comes to Jesus, a teacher of the law, a man who knows the, the Old Testament scriptures backward and forward. He, in fact, his job is to write those scriptures. He has watched as the various sects in the Jewish leadership have questioned Jesus. And Jesus has humiliated each one of those different religious groups. And uh, Jesus' crowd, the, the, the people that are listening, uh, that, are, that are understanding Jesus' teaching, uh, are only growing. As a new group will come forward and ask Jesus a question in an effort to humiliate him and to, to degrade him in the eyes of the people, uh, he answers so well, he actually humiliates the person asking the question, the group that's asking the question, and gains more followers. Finally, uh, a man, this scribe, comes up to Jesus. We're not told his name, but we are told a little bit about his heart in the Gospel of Mark. Apparently, he comes to Jesus, Matthew tells us, in an effort like the rest to humiliate and to ridicule Jesus, to degrade him in the eyes of the people, to take him down a notch or two. He comes and he says, Teacher, what is the greatest commandment? That is the question, isn't it? That's the question for him, a guy who knows Scripture well. There are a lot of commandments, Jesus. In fact, there are over 600 commandments. Which one's the greatest? If you had to encapsulate all the commandments into one, maybe two, what would, what would those commandments be? Well, Jesus says, well, you should love your, love, uh, love your God with everything you've got. Heart, soul, mind, strength. Love God with everything you've got. That's the greatest commandment. And then love your neighbor like you love yourself. And the scribe actually ends up closer to Jesus' side uh, than he does to the guys who sent him with the question. So Jesus has gained, uh, in some respects, another follower. In Galatians chapter 5, Paul co-ops that passage for us here in, in verse 14, the verse that Rick read for you this morning. As Paul is talking about in the letter to the Galatian churches. Galatian is a region. It's not a city. It's a region. Uh, so it'd be like saying the letter to the churches in Ohio. This is a large region of the country in Asia Minor. And these folks, it's very early on in the first century, around the mid-50s, uh, maybe about 20 to 30 years, uh, 20 years after Jesus has, has died on the cross. One of the first letters that's most likely written in the New Testament these folks are dealing with freedom inside of Christ. 
because they've got some guys in the church here, in, Gal in the Galatian churches, that are teaching them that they need to come back into Judaism. Now, that's a problem because these guys said, well, baptism's good. Baptism is essential for salvation, but you also need to be circumcised. And that's a problem because the apostles and God say that only baptism is essential. It's, it's what now saves you, 1 Peter 3, 20 and 21. And so these, these teachers are trying to have a little bit of Judaism and a little bit of Christianity. And Paul says that's not how it works. You're watering down the gospel. In fact, it's a whole different gospel. You're, you've perverted it. You, you, you've made it not true with all these additions that you're trying to bring in, like circumcision. And in fact, the Galatian letter is all about the freedom that you have inside of Christ. It's unlike anything you've ever experienced, right? And there, there's freedom here. Freedom not just from sin, but freedom from all the rules and regulations that come with Judaism. And so, uh, in Galatians 5, he starts talking about some of the ways that a free person acts inside of Christ. You know those as the fruits of the Spirit, right? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, generous self-control. Those are how those who are free inside of Christ act. He's also going to bring in this idea that we read, that we read from Galatians 5.14. This, well, what's the greatest commandment? Well, it's how you love God and how you love your fellow man, your neighbor. He's going to bring that in. And so he says, do you really want to know? You, really, you want a law? You want to follow? You want, you want a law that's binding? Well, how, how you love your neighbor, how do you do that? Turn to Galatians 6. This is our text for this morning. Galatians chapter 6, he says, you want to really know how to love your neighbor? Well, here it is. Brothers, if anyone is called in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watching yourself, lest you too be tempted. Bear one another's burdens. There's, there's our one another passage for this morning. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. So he's talking to the church here, right? To the churches in Galatia. And he calls them brothers. If anyone's caught in a transgression... If, I don't know what your burden is. These, these folks are bearing some burdens, though, aren't they? We're, we'll get into what specifically uh, the text here in Galatians 6 says, but I, I kind of wanted to do uh, provide some thoughts here that are, maybe lay alongside of Galatians chapter 6. When we think about our burdens, because in 21st century America, we don't always share our burdens, do we? Uh, we certainly maybe don't look for burdens to bear, do we? Do you remember when Jesus is walking along the road to the cross and he's carrying the cross piece of the cross with him on his shoulders, but he, he's not strong enough uh, anymore to bear up under the weight of that cross because they, they've scourged him and scourging killed a great many people. Uh, and so his body's been decimated. He, he doesn't have the strength to carry it anymore. So you remember what they do? They compel a guy 
His name's Simon. He's from Cyrene. And he, he is compelled to help Jesus carry the cross. He bore his burden, didn't he? Did he do it out of love? No. Why did he do it? Because he had to. We bear each other's burdens out of love. Because we're a family. And we look out for each other. And we hurt for each other. In fact, in Romans chapter 12, Paul says, When one of us weeps, all of us weep. And when one of us rejoices, all of us rejoice. We're connected, right? And so what's good for you is good for me. And what's bad for you is bad for me. And we hurt and grieve and rejoice with one another. And so we bear these burdens out of love, but in 21st century America, it's difficult to share those burdens, isn't it? Because we're not as connected as we need to be. Um, And that's uh, a problem of our culture, but it's something that the church can speak into. It's something that the church needs to speak into. We need to be closer to one another so that we know what's going on in each other's life so that we can help bear up under these burdens. And so what, what's your burden this morning? Um, if you're parenting through COVID, it's difficult, isn't it? If you're trying to teach during COVID, it's difficult, isn't it? We have a lot of teachers and a lot of nurses and a lot of parents uh, in, in our congregation. So I know your burden, uh, at least part of it. Uh, bearing up underneath that is, is very difficult. If you're struggling in your marriage, that's a tough burden to bear, isn't it? If you're dealing with a sickness, it's a tough burden to bear. If your work is struggling, that's a burden, isn't it? It's tough to bear those things if we don't know them, though, isn't it? Paul says, out of love, we bear up. Those burdens, not because we're compelled to, not because we're forced to, but because what's good for you, if I help you, it's helping me. Because we're connected. We're connected, right? As the family of God, we're connected. And so when one of your physical family members hurts, what do you do? You go help them, right? When one of our spiritual family members hurt, what do we do? We go help them. Not out of compulsion, but out of love. So Paul provides for us a scenario here for what that would look like if one of us has fallen into a sin. The word he uses here uh, seems to be not that of a habitual sin, not of a lifestyle sin, but uh, of something that someone's fallen into. It's a mistake. It's, it's uh, something that they didn't see coming. And one or more of us have noticed it, and so we go and we... Talk to them about that, that sin, right? But Paul also wants to make clear how we go and talk to that person about their sin, right? It's not a talking down to them. It's not a, well, I'm better than you are. It's because I don't sin, right? I roll. Um, it's, I want to, to help you. And if you go back and you look at Galatians 6, in verse 1, he gives some qualifications for who can go and talk to this person. It's you who are spiritual. If you're righteous, if your heart is set on God's things, then you have the qualifications to go and talk to that, that person about their sin. But also, you need to go in a spirit of 
Gentleness. That's not the first time we've heard gentleness, is it? We've heard it in the fruits of the Spirit just recently uh, in Galatians chapter 5. So we go with, maybe you might say, kid gloves. We go in an effort to help. We're not going, we're not bearing up these burdens uh, to make the person feel worse, to make ourselves feel better. That's not, it's not love, is it? That's pride. That's conceit. And Paul talks about that in Galatians 5 as well. In fact, if you look uh, just in verse 24, Galatians 5, 24, he says, And those who belong to Jesus Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. If I'm envying you, if I'm jealous of you, It's very hard to do this, right? And so there are some things that we have to pull out of our lives so that we can bear up one another's burdens. Does that make sense? There's some things that we have to get rid of out of our lives so that we can obey this command correctly. One of those things is jealousy, envy. Uh, One of those things is pride. He calls it conceit here. It's very difficult to do what I need to do to help you if I'm struggling with me. So he says, you who are spiritual, you who are focused on God's things, who are focused on righteousness, you go to this person in a spirit of gentleness with kid gloves. But you also go, what's he say here in in 6.1? Keeping watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. You don't want to fall into the same temptation that that, that has grabbed a hold of that person. So your pride isn't entering the equation, is it? You're watching out for yourself. You're keeping uh, an eye out for how Satan's trying to to trip you up as well, for how your own desires are trying to trip you up as well. So we go to that person in a spirit of gentleness, keeping watch on ourselves. And only then can we bear one another's burdens. But when we do that, it fulfills the law of Christ. Right? It's a really beautiful thing. You ever seen geese fly? They fly in the V formation. You remember the, the movie The Mighty Ducks? Uh, I ate that movie up as a kid. <laughs> um, but they fly in a V, right? Why? Because it's best for the group. I'm told that uh, the lead duck is uh, all the, the, fo- the ducks that are following the lead duck are just a little bit above the one right in front of them so that they can get, uh, so that they can use the, the, the draft, the updraft, to help making the flying, to help make flying easier. Uh, and the lead duck is the one that's bearing a lot of the pressure there. And so when he gets tired, he falls back and a new lead duck comes up. And they can fly, I think, 70% farther like that than they could just individually because they're helping each other. They're bearing one another's burdens. If we want to get along in this life, especially with all the things that we're having to undergo in this current season, we're going to have to bear one another's burdens, aren't we? We're going to have to know what's going on in each other's lives. And that becomes very difficult because one of the things that COVID has done to us is separate us, hasn't it? I'm wearing a mask today. We're going on vacation uh, starting tomorrow. I'm very excited. 
But if I get sick now, I'll be very angry. <laughs> so we're wearing a mask today. One of the things these masks have done is what? Well, don't touch me, you know? Don't shake my hand. Don't hug. Don't get close to me. It's social distancing. There's something about being close to each other physically that helps us be close to each other spiritually. Have you experienced that? I think I, I, think I have, for sure. Um, during our quarantine period, one of the things that we really struggled with, I think, was being close to each other spiritually because it was really easy to lose track of what was going on in each other's lives, wasn't it? Because we weren't cl- physically close to each other. We've, we've got to do a better job just use this as an opportunity to do a better job of being involved in each other's life so we know what's going on, so we know the hurts, so we know the griefs, so we know the struggles of each other and not be, not hide those. Um, I don't know if we think that it's makes us look weak or if we just don't want to be a burden to other people, maybe. But here he says, well, you are a burden <laughs> to each other. We are a burden to each other. And that's an okay thing because you can't do this life of righteousness, at least, on your own. Can you do life on your own? Absolutely. Yep, it can happen, right? You can do it. Will you be righteous? No. It's hard. Will you be happy? Probably not. We were designed to be in relationship with one another. And something has told us and taught us, thanks to our culture, I suppose, that we can do it on our own. We can bootstrap even our faith, and that's just not how it works. We need each other. That's why these one another passages are so incredibly important for us, because we need each other. We need that reminder that we lean on each other, that we bear one another up, that we love one another one another, that we submit to one another, that we give with one another. We need those reminders, don't we? Because we struggle with this idea of one another, of being close. Because it's really easy to keep you at arm's length and say that we're close. But you don't know what I struggle with and I don't know what you struggle with. It's tough to bear burdens when you don't know what each one is struggling with. Listen to what he says here in verse 1. You who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. That, that word restore, he's using it, and he uses the word that means to mend a broken bone. You guys ever had a broken bone? I broke my ankle when I was in high school. Uh, I did uh, a welding class, <laughs> and instead of welding, we were outside playing basketball, which turns out bad for me, uh, because I go f- to do a layup, this big guy, it's about my size now, I was 100 pounds lighter then, uh, I go up against him, he jumps, and he jumps right on my ankle, and snaps right in half, <laughs> and when they set that bone, it jerked my foot out, <laughs> talking about some pain, right? What would have happened if they hadn't set the bone? Incredible, incredible pain for the rest of my life, right? He's saying that there will be pain when you restore someone. Because that conversation's hard. 
Because no one wants to be told that they're doing wrong, right? No one wants to think that they're wrong. Enter the pride equation again. So there's going to be pain in the beginning, but what? The pain in the end, if we don't go to them, is so much worse. And so we look for opportunities to restore people. We do it in a spirit of gentleness, keeping watch on ourselves so that we don't fall too. Skip down a couple of verses to verse 9, Galatians 6 verse 9. This should come to as no surprise to you, but these letters and the narratives in Scripture, they're all connected, right? Uh, so we look for ways that we can see the overall, the overarching picture. Galatians 6, 9 gives us a little bit more of the picture that Paul's trying to present for us here in Galatians. Galatians chapter 6, verse 9 And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. He says, this is hard. This lifestyle of bearing one another's burdens is difficult. Even in the first century, when they relied on each other, right? If you go back and you think about the early church in in Acts chapter 4, where where were the church? Where was the church? What were they doing? They were selling Houses. They were selling property so that they could take care of, so they could bear each other's burdens. Even in the early church, they were struggling with this. Because it's hard. It's hard to love like that, isn't it? It's hard to be close to someone who is hurting. You ever been in a relationship with someone who who's just constantly hurting, who just who needs you, who needs to talk, who needs to vent, who needs just you in their life? It can be difficult to be in a relationship with someone like that. Um, when I went to Tennessee this this uh, this last week for my stepdad's funeral, being there with my family who is grieving, especially my mom, is tough, right? It, it begins to wear on you. You can feel it. I know you felt it too because I've seen some of you guys walk out of the funeral home and you breathe a deep sigh of relief. You know, you can just feel the, the, the weight sloughing off of you. Well, why is that weight there? Because you're bearing that person's burden. You got close enough to them for a short period of time that you can see their pain. And sometimes, that's just what we need, isn't it? If we're the one who's, who's in pain, that's just what we need. Because we need someone who can just sit there and acknowledge our grief. Who can just be sad with us. Who can just be a listening ear. If you remember Job's three friends... After all the things that happen in Job transpire, after he's lost everything he's ever worked for, ever loved, his three friends come. Do you remember what they do? For the first week, for seven days, they just sit there and cry with him. They don't say a word. It was the best thing they could have done. Everything after that just goes downhill. For the first seven days, day, for the first seven days though, all they did was sit there and weep with him. For a lot of our burdens, there may not be answers. 
There, not, there may not be a solution to our burden. But there's a people who can acknowledge our grief and who can sit there and listen. If you've ever been on the receiving end of that, that person is worth their weight in gold, aren't they? You're bearing up their burden. But it takes a toll on you too, doesn't it? It does. On one end, those of us who are grieving need to be reminded maybe that it's okay to be a burden to someone because it's very, very difficult to do this on your own. Right? It's hard to get through this on your own. Especially to do it in a way that honors God. That's tough. And on this side, those of us who are helping, who are bearing up the burdens, need to be reminded that that person's grieving and they need our help. And that we're not being a burden to them. We're bearing up their burden. And we need to be reminded, both sets of people need to be reminded that that's our responsibility as God's people, is to help bear up those burdens. We shoulder that weight. We take a little bit of it off of them. And that's hard. And so and Paul says in Galatians 6, 9, don't grow weary of doing good. But check out what else he says here in verse 10. So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone. And especially to those who are of the household of faith. He's still talking about the church, isn't he? He throws in this idea that we do good to everybody. We bless the world with our actions. It's certainly true, right? But Paul says, especially to the household of faith, he's still in this, this vein of bearing up one another's burdens when he talks about not growing weary. And so we help each other. The ones who are grieving, the ones who are hurting, the ones who have burdens that need to be shouldered, letting others know what's going on, not fearful of being a burden. And those who can shoulder the pain, can shoulder their grief, remembering that it's our responsibility to do so. And so we don't grow weary of doing good because we're a family. We hurt with each other. We rejoice with each other. If I move you farther down the road to righteousness, it's only to my good, right? It's like the old, illustra the old illustration uh, of a donkey going this way, and he's attached to a cart here, and there's another donkey going that way, and he's attached to the same cart. Are they going to get anywhere? No. But if you point them both the same direction, then they can go... Uh, very quickly in a direction. That's what we're trying to do. We're all going the same direction. And all of us are carrying burdens. We can carry the burdens better and get to our destination quicker and better if we bear those burdens with each other. The amazing news is that Christ came to bear our burden when we couldn't bear it on our own. He came to shoulder the burden of sin because we could not do that. It wasn't something we were physically capable of doing, spiritually capable of doing. 
And so he did it for us. He died on the cross and his blood now washes our sins away and we become his family. Right? Maybe you need to make that decision this morning. Maybe you need to be baptized into his blood, having your sins washed away so that he can shoulder your burdens and so that you have a family that can help shoulder your burdens. Maybe you've already made that decision this morning and you are just struggling. That makes sense. I think a lot of us are struggling. And so if you want prayers, if you need the prayers of this congregation, we want to aid you in any way we can. Why don't you come this morning as we stand and sing? Have you been to Jesus for the cleansing power? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Morning. We have a couple announcements to go over with for dismissed. Uh, teachers needed for the two-year-old through kindergarten class on Wednesday night. See David if you have any questions. Next Sunday night is the Devo for junior high and high school youth. Girls bring drinks, guys bring snacks. Uh, updates to our prayer list. Wanda Allen, Sherry's mother, has been moved to a care center in Wheelersburg to continue her recovery. Marvin McAllister's sister, Carol Lee, is now home. Uh, Continue to keep Kelly in your prayers. She will see her surgeon Wednesday in Columbus and add David Judd to your prayers. David's presently undergoing radiation for a brain tumor. We express our sympathy to Hilda and the Bragg family at the death of Hilda's brother, Carol. His service was held Friday. I also remember Chris and his family at the passing of his stepfather, Wayne Townsend. His funeral was last week as well. Uh, we extend our sympathy to Wanda Lawson at the death of her uncle, Wayne Sowards. Uh, Wayne is also a cousin to Jim Gilfillan and Danny Scarberry. 
Keep Kristen, Rusty, Randy Ash, Steve Ware, and others battling cancer uh, in your prayers as well. Is there any other announcements? If not, we will have a closing song and a closing word of prayer. Let's please stand again. We'll sing hymn number 500, O Thou Fount of Every Blessing. We'll sing the first and the last verse, and then Brother Jeff Galloway will lead us in prayer. O Thou Fount of Every Blessing, to my heart to sing my praise, streams of Let's pray. Father in heaven, Lord, we're uh, thankful for the chance to gather together as a church family and spend time worshiping you and your son. Father, we pray our worship today has been pleasing to you, that you've been glorified and, and we have been edified, Father. Father, uh, we thank you for just all the blessings that, that we have. We thank you for uh, the uh, this church. We thank you for the leadership. We thank you for the, uh, the mission that this uh, church serves here in this area. Father, I pray you'll continue to bless this church and help it to be a light in this community, help it to grow uh, numerically and spiritually, Father, and, and be a blessing to others. Father, I ask especially this time for those who are sick. Uh, we pray your healing hand will be upon them. Uh, Father, those who are waiting on tests or waiting on further follow-up, further decision-making, Father, we, we pray that you will guide the hands of of those who are making those decisions uh, to bless uh, people, help restore them to their health. Uh, Father, we ask you'll bless those who are suffering from the loss of loved ones. Comfort them, Father, help them find strength in you. And Father, all those who are dealing with uh, loss and, and disaster from fires or floods or hurricanes, whatever it be, Father, uh, we pray that you will surround them with people who can help them and, and show them your love and help them physically and spiritually, Father. We're thankful for all the uh, the good works that are out there that, that help people recover. We pray you'll bless those and, and bless the people to give to those so that those funds can be administered in a, in a good and effective way, Father. Father, we, uh, we ask you'll be with everyone who's traveling this weekend. Uh, Father, bless us as we leave this place. Help us to come back and uh, be prepared to worship you and your son again soon. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. <laughs>